Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little we're gonna take a little break now in a sense from the prayer meeting part and let me I'm gonna tell you my story a little bit. Um, I've already told you what I met on the ground when I got to Liberia in August and the really desperate situation that was that was happening. Uh, so toward the end of the month, so the, uh, August 29th, which was a Friday, I, I have to give you the setup for this because it was, it was kind of funny. A good friend of mine came to see me on Thursday night, Thursday evening at the hospital. He's a, he's a Liberian, but he's married to a Canadian, and he, he serves there as a missionary. And he has bees. And he had a problem with his bees. His bees kind of got all over him, and one of them got in his ear. And he came for me to help him get it out. Now, luckily, it had died already, so it wasn't like, it wasn't making him psychotic or anything. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't buzzing in there. So I spent, I spent a while trying to get this bee out of zero, unfortunately, unsuccessfully. Uh, had him come back Friday morning. I said, why don't you come back Friday morning? We'll try again. And if I need the help from the surgeon to do something more, uh, Inter- more drastic, we'll, we'll, we'll go there. Then we were able to get it out on Friday morning. We were able to wash it out of his ear on Friday morning. And then I said, hey, I have some nice supper. Why don't you come and join me for supper tonight? Because he's a good friend of mine. Um, so that evening, after the rest of the hospital workday had gone by, he came and joined me for supper. We had wonderful potato greens with little uh, little crawfish in there, like little shrimp. Really nice. Mm. <laughs> And, uh, but we were careful, you know, in Liberia now, you don't shake hands, you don't hug, everything's just, hello, how are you doing? You don't share spoons again, you, you know, we each carefully using our, our clean spoons to get food out of the dishes, you know, that's just, everybody's being very careful. So anyway, so I, I had my meal with him. About 10 o'clock that evening, as I'm sort of winding down my day, I started feeling chilly, had a chill. Took my temperature. It was about 100.8. I was concerned. Went and looked for my malaria medicine to see if I had some. Because the, the, the drill, if you're over there as a healthcare worker and you get a fever, the drill is that you monitor your temperature regularly. You take a course of malaria treatment and also usually an antibiotic in case you have a bacterial infection just to kind of get those possibilities out of the way. And you monitor for two or three days. And if after three days you still have a fever, then you do a test. Then you do a blood test. Well, Saturday I got up. Fever was still there. When did I start communicating with you? Sometime later in the day on Saturday. Sent Deb a text. Told her I had a fever. Um, that I was monitoring it. I got in touch with Dr. Brown, the medical director. Made sure he knew. And also with Joe. Long college. So those were my three. And then basically I just stayed in my apartment, made a few calls because I needed some things, some uh, oranges to make oral rehydration solution with because uh, remaining hydrated is a really important part of, the, of uh, treatment if, if, it, you know, if, it, if it was going to be Ebola. And, um, you know, I, I have to say, I mean, I was obviously concerned, but I wasn't. No, the Lord really gave me a sense of peace and calm and trust in him through this whole time. And 
I just thank him for that. I think that's really just his grace and his Holy Spirit. And just having that confidence, uh, you know, in, in him. And by Sunday evening when I still had a temp, you know, I was pretty much convinced. I actually sent an email at that time to SIM saying, look, I don't know how sick I'm going to get, but I think, I think I probably have Ebola. I'm doing my test tomorrow. Monday morning, uh, Dr. Brown came with a lab technician. They, they did my test. They drew my sample. Told me we'd have results by about two. Uh, that day was about the longest day in my life because I didn't get, we didn't get our results till almost six in the evening. So I was really, uh, you know, obviously just waiting. But even during that time, the Lord was so good to me and just holding me in the palm of his hand. And I really had that confidence that, um, you know, that no matter what happened, God would be with me that I was in his will, uh, that even if I died, he would take care of me. I knew where I was going and that he would take care of my family. And um, it, was a, it was really a blessing to know, uh, to have that kind of confidence. Um, so when I got my test result back at about quarter to six, Dr. Brown called me, told me the test was positive. Um, I called Deb. Uh, anyway, we didn't talk for too long that first time because I had to get ready to go up to the treatment unit. So I told her I'd call her back a little, in a little while. Got myself ready. Got some, you know, did some practical things. Got out my medical license and my driver's license, a couple other things. Put them in a, put them in a bucket of bleach so that the driver could come and fish them out of the bleach and put them in a bag for me so I could keep those things and not have them declared contaminated and destroyed or something. So I did some practical things like that. Got myself ready, got some things packed up to go. And then uh, a driver came down from the hospital and we went up to the treatment unit. And I was waiting. Actually, I had to wait quite a while for them to get a room uh, cleaned up and and, uh, ready. And I was starting to feel kind of ill, getting chills and not feeling very well. I called Deb on the phone and we had a good cry um, at that point. Uh, all this time, those whole first three days, I just had the fever. That's really all. Uh, and, you know, and not feeling well, but just the fever. And then I went into the unit. Um, they, uh, they, started, they started some IV fluids for me, uh, IV hydration, gave me some uh, medications. They used selenium. It's kind of, we don't know yet 100% whether it works or not, but they feel that it's helpful. Multivitamins. Um, Again, uh, I think they, oh, an antibiotic, an IV antibiotic. Um, By Tuesday, I was really starting to get sick. Started to have more uh, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, all that stuff that you don't want to hear about. Um, And started to feel weaker, was having a harder time like we were, we had been texting a lot earlier. Started having a hard time just being able to focus on that, on that, because I was really weak, getting weaker. Um, but uh, so I was there. Uh, I think when did when did I hear about the the on flight Wednesday. on Wednesday? So by Wednesday, um, I got news that there was going to be an evacuation flight, and this was I was amazed at how quickly. 
this was worked out. I think the CDC lab, the CDC has a lab right on our compound. They, they, they're the ones who ran my test. And I think they told the State Department, I think the State Department knew about my result as soon as I did. And so, and so the, when SIM contacted the State, Mar State Department, they were like, we're ready. Planes, uh, planes lined up for Wednesday if you want, if you want it. You know, it was amazing, amazingly uh, good, you know, uh, cooperation and work uh, from them, from their side. Um, so the flight took off Wednesday from here, got there on Thursday evening. Um, and I, I, my situation didn't really change that much Wednesday and Thursday. I was just getting IV hydration, getting the medications. The place smelled like so much bleach that I could hardly stand it. <laughs> that was the worst thing. Everything else was great. The community actually inside the unit, on the confirmed side, you know, the suspect side, everybody's on pins and needles because they don't. Know, they're waiting for results. The, so there's two halves. Each treatment unit has has a confirmed side, a confirmed side, and a suspect side. Well, I was in the confirmed side because I already had a test. The confirmed side, you got, you know, you got a lot of people who are very ill, but you also have these other people who are just waiting for their test to become negative, who are actually pretty healthy. So they're sitting around, they're playing games, they're plaiting each other's hair, they're watching. They had a screen in there. They were watching videos. There's this one pastor who was one of the patients. He was still sick, and he every evening he would go around and do devotions. You know read a Bible passage, sing some songs, pray for everybody. There's no pity parties in Africa. They're, they're pretty amazing. He, he actually, <laughs> this guy, I had met him earlier because he had come in with his wife sick. He had watched her die in the unit. And then at a, a certain point, he had he'd kind of flipped out a little bit. He ran away, ran down to the beach. Everybody was scared because an Ebola patient had run out of the unit. But he actually came back up. And uh, went back in, and he, he actually left. He went home on Thursday, the same day I flew out. He, he went home well. Um, and he was amazing, you know, to consider his optimism, even in spite of having lost his wife to Ebola. He, amazing resilience that uh, some of these people have. And, uh, you know, really from the Lord. Um, so Thursday night I got on a plane. Um, long flight. Got to Nebraska. The, the group in Nebraska was amazing, wonderful team of treatment team. There are a lot of believers who encouraged me during my hospital stay that they were praying for me. Um, and uh, I was in the hospital in Nebraska for about 20 days. And uh, I have to say the other thing I'm really thankful for, I'm thankful for the peace and calm God gave me, the, the just the absence of you know, real fear that he gave me. The second thing he gave me that was amazing during this crisis, my wife. She has been such a, just a rock of faithfulness and real encouragement. And uh, she was terrific through all of it. I, I've, been, I've been married to her for 29 years, but I think I got to know a little more of the quality this year. After 29 years of the woman I married, she's, she's really been terrific. Um, you know, another thing I just want to mention is that I became aware quite early on about how many people were praying for me. We were getting emails and cards and things from, from you guys, from other churches, and then from people I didn't even know 
so-and-so from Iowa just wanted to let you know I'm praying for you. I was getting these cards in Omaha. Amazing. The body of Christ. You know, I just really have to marvel at the power of prayer and, and, and at the the response. I It was very humbling to me to think of all these people from all over praying for me. Very, very humbling. And I think, I'm just I think very it was grateful also, for that. It was also really humbling for him that the thing that he's best known for now is his biggest mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty... <laughs> it's pretty humbling. Yeah. But... Um, Anyway, so I just want to say thank you to you all for your support and for your prayers over the last couple of months. And I'm really, by the way, just I'm feeling pretty good now, feeling fine. I'm still out of shape. But uh, other than that, I'm basically uh, feeling great. So uh, thank you for that. Well, at this moment, uh, I'd like to invite you to pray along with me as we pray specifically for Rick and Debbie for their service. Uh, Rick was just... Uh, reminding me that, uh, Lord willing, he plans to return to Liberia in January. Is that correct? That's the goal. And so uh, he's going back, and, and we want to pray uh, for them as, as they had to do that. So please pray with me. Gracious Father, again, we give you praise for uh, the fact that uh, your hand has been at work through all of this, Lord. Um, as we just heard Sarah sing, uh, just the the comfort and the peace that comes from knowing that no matter how shaken our world is, that we never leave your hand, Lord. You are with us. You are for us. You are at work. Lord, I think of the psalm that Debbie uh, sent the, the day that she informed us of Rick's diagnosis, Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard, regard with favor your burnt, your burnt sacrifices. May he grant your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation. And in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving of his might, of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. And Lord, we acknowledge in all of this um, that the power comes from you. We praise you for the incredible skill, the incredible hard work that so many people have put into the medical services and the, the engineering and the, and the support, Lord. There is hard work, Lord. But we recognize that whether we acknowledge it or not, it all comes from your hand. And we need your hand, Lord, in this crisis. And we just pray continued protection for Rick as he returns in January. Continued protection for Debbie. Um, Lord, would you continue to keep your hand on this family? And would you continue to use them to advocate for this cause, and to let people know, and, and to give uh, more light than heat, Lord, in this situation, um, that we might understand well and wisely, and know how to pray and how to respond. We praise you for that, Jesus, in your name, amen. So, uh, 